enemy tries to put oppression on you and you go, I am trying, but I'm just, Jesus, thank you, thank you, Jesus. No, get up and tell the devil where to go. Get up and tell him, I'm up, I'm here, and you're out. There is no reason why a Christian should walk in heaviness, oppression, shame, and blame, and guilt, and the list goes on and on and on. No reason at all, other than you've taken the bait. Three things Satan does not want you to know. Three things he does not want you to know. Number one, he does not want you to know that he has no authority. Satan has no authority, but he doesn't want you to know that. What he wants you to think is, is that if the person is blind, they're going to stay blind. He wants you to think that he has, well, he wants you to think he has total authority, but the fact is he doesn't want you to know the fact that he has no authority. When you see the blind, when you see the deaf, when you see the mute, when you see someone discouraged and down and out, when you see the poor, when you see the difficulty, when you see the torment, when you see the things around... He wants you to think that he has authority, but he does not. He has no authority. So number one, three things he does not want you to know. Number one is that he has no authority. He didn't make you do it, by the way. So stop with this. The devil made me do it. No, he did not. The devil did not make you do anything you chose. The devil will not be judged for what you do. He didn't make you do it, and he's not going to be judged for what you do. Stop blaming him when you chose to take the bait. When you choose to take the bait of offense and you get sick, it's because you never realized you needed to actually repent and get rid of the pride. Offense, the root of offense is really pride. You just peel it all down and you'll find pride. Pride self is on the throne. And I'm just using offense as, a, as one thing to give an example. Whenever, whenever we're blaming the devil for something, you're realizing that in reality you should be you should be looking to yourself and saying, where have I partnered with what is wrong? And now I'm receiving something that is in my body that is not of God. No one can make you do anything. You must choose. Say, I must choose. So I'm going to choose rightly. I'm going to choose of God. I'm not going to let offenses like little foxes that spoil the vine come and steal what God has planted. What has God planted? Well, he has planted you in good soil. He has planted you in good ground. He has caused you to start to flourish and to rise up with the goodness of God, with the power of God, with the love of God in your heart. He, God has planted you in good ground. The enemy wants to come and rob and steal that so that you can get bitter and you can, get, you can listen to the wrong voice. And then blame him. No, you're not going to blame the enemy when you took the bait. But better than that, you're not going to take the bait. You're not going to take the bait. See... Look at what just happened. The glory of God. Do you realize that's for what, that's for each and every one of you to walk individually too, not just corporately, as great and beautiful as that is. You know, we walk this way corporately. It's for all of us because you carry the presence of God. The enemy wants you to think it's not true, but it is. He wants you to think you can't walk like that on your own. That's not true. You have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, you are 100% able to stand in your authority. Say it with me. Number one, point number one, the devil has no authority. He has absolutely no authority at all. Number two, he has no power but what you give him. See, because it's not true to say the devil has no power. What is true is to say he has no power other than what I gave him. He has the power that you gave him. 
He has the power to torment you when you gave him power to torment you. He has the power to harass you when you just chose to not walk in forgiveness. He has the power to, to you know, have night, give you nightmares throughout the night when you chose to be promiscuous and you, or you chose to be complaining, when you chose to gripe and you chose to walk in that matter jealousy and, and these little contentions. He has the power when you gave it to him. Say, I'm not going to give him the power. Because see, God has given you the power, all power, Luke 10, 19. He says, I give you all authority. He says, I give you all authority over all the powers of the enemy. Trample on snakes and scorpions and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He's given you the authority, as a matter of fact, all the authority. And authority and power, he has given it to you. So the enemy has none other than what you give him. And we're not going to give him any power. Give no place to the devil. Say it with me. I give no place to the devil. How do we give him power? Thoughts, words, and deeds. But we must give our life over to Jesus, and we do this all the time. And by the way, don't be worried. People will just clear your mind, and then they get you into this yoga stuff and meditation. No, no, no. That is not of God. It is not of God. God wants us to meditate day and night on the word of God. We don't clear our mind. He says, fill your mind. Fill your mind with the word of God. So much for clearing your mind. You can't clear your mind. If you clear your mind, you're allowing the enemy to come and inhabitate your mind. God says to fill your mind with the word of God. You know, he says to focus on what is true, what is good, what is right, what is lovely, what is praiseworthy, to think on these things. Let's go to Philippians 4.8. Let's go to Philippians 4.8. And it says in Philippians 4.8, Finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's anything of virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Say, I'm going to meditate on what is good. I'm going to meditate on what is true, what is lovely, what is noble. I'm going to meditate on the word of God. And as I meditate on the word of God, I'm filling my mind with the will of God, and I'm not allowing the enemy any access. Say he has no access here. I kick him out. See, your thought life is the breeding ground where everything is produced in your life. Your thought life. So we need to think about what we're thinking about because your thought life is the breeding ground. See, it's glorious to come to a healing service like this and see the power of God move. But your thought life is the breeding ground to everything that's going to happen next in your life. So in you, when you walk out of this place, it is up to you to make sure your thoughts continue to line up with the will of God. That it's pure. That's, and it's Philippians 4.8. Just remember Philippians 4.8. Whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's good, whatever's lovely, pure. Think about these things. Whatever's praiseworthy, trustworthy. Think about these things. It is your job. God is not going to get into your brain and make you do it. He is not going to get into your brain and make you think differently. He says, I've already done everything that I can do. Now I'm waiting on you to do your part. So it's our job to do our part, right? And so sometimes when you say, but I'm trying, try a little harder by doing this. Sing a little louder. Praise a little louder. Praise a little stronger. Get up and walk. Maybe you're laying down in bed and you're just praying and you're saying it's not working. Then get up. Get up and start shouting. Get up and start decreeing. So what if they think you're crazy? You already are, aren't you? I thought you said you were crazy for Jesus. I thought you were not ashamed of the gospel. I thought you said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Is that just in this place? What happens when you go home? We're not going to be ashamed of the gospel. So when the enemy tries to put oppression on you and you go, I am trying, but I'm just... 
No, get up and tell the devil where to go. Get up and tell him, I'm up, I'm here, and you're out. There is no reason why a Christian should walk in heaviness, oppression, shame, and blame, and guilt, and the list goes on and on and on. No reason at all, other than you've taken the bait. But I'm telling you today, you're not going to take the bait, because these are things, these three things, that he doesn't want you to know. Number one was that he has no authority. He doesn't want you to know. He does not want you to know that he doesn't have authority. He just is a faker. He's a liar. His father is the father of lies, right? With the devil, his father, Satan, is the father of lies, right? So he doesn't want you to know that he actually doesn't have authority. He really doesn't. And number two, that he has no power other than what you give him, which means he has no authority also other than what you give him. And number three, that Christ put him under your authority. He doesn't want you to know or really get the revelation that Christ actually put Satan under your authority. Not just, not just Jesus's. The devil really ought to be saying this. I'm under attack. They're up. They're believing believers, they're quoting the scripture, and they believe the scripture. I'm under attack. Can, can you give me, do me a favor? Can this church stop saying, I'm under attack? When you say, I'm under attack, you're prophesying negatively. You're prophesying. Oh, you're prophesying, all right. But you're not prophesying anything good. You're prophesying negatively. When you go, I'm under attack. Ah, oh, the devil's just on my back. I'm under attack. Well, stop it. What are you going to do about it? Why do you just go ahead and embed it by your words? You're embedding it. You're literally embedding it. So you may see the effects of being under an attack, but you shouldn't be giving it any fuel and any ammunition by speaking it. Instead, you should be like, hmm. Out of here. I see you out. Do you know you don't even have to call him by name? I see you out. In other words, I see you get out. He knows slang. He understands slang. I see you out. I don't even have to say get out. <laughs> he knows authority. He understands order. He lost his. He knows order. He lost his. And he's been trying to get it back. Well, don't let him get authority back on your watch the devil has authority over a lot of Christians because they gave it to him oh he has authority and power over a lot of Christians because they literally gave it to him but today I decree over each and every one of you there's going to be a holy unction rising up on the inside of you that you're not going to let the enemy have one more second of your life you're going to get up and even the very first moment that you see discouragement or heaviness or heartache or depression or discouragement you're going to get up and say out out I see you, devil, out. I am not under attack. I'm under the power, under the spot where the glory comes forth. I am not under oppression. I am under the power of Holy Ghost. And devil, you're defeated. Devil, you're defeated. I'm under an open heaven. Devil, you're defeated. Hallelujah. So don't ever say I'm under attack. No. Nope. That, there may be some proof to it, but it's time to switch it. You see it, and you go, hmm, thank you for making it so plain and so clear. 
devil, because now I'm going to decree the truth. I am the, the righteousness of God is flowing in and through me. And now that I'm a daughter, a son of the most high God, I am victorious. No evil shall come near my dwelling place. You start to decree the word of the Lord, the word of truth. Yes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You better believe it. Just watch me, devil. Watch me, devil. Fulfill the call and the plan of God in my life. Watch me, devil. See, when we don't do this, then he starts to creep in there. And he knows exactly how to do it because he's been studying us. He doesn't read your mind, but he's been studying us. He studies, and so he knows. You know, God knows our mind. God knows our thoughts. Jesus knows even before we even say it. Isn't he good? He's so good. He's so loving, so kind, so powerful, so majestic, so beautiful, so holy. He's perfect. We serve a perfect God. We serve a perfect Savior. So good. He's so good. So the enemy actually has no authority, and we're not going to give him any. And Christ actually put him under our authority. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.12, I'm going to turn to 1 Timothy 6.12. And it says to fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy 6.12. And it says lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. See, I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm fighting the good fight of faith. Thank you, Jesus. We wrestle not on the same level. I want you guys to understand this. You don't wrestle, because the Bible also talks about in Ephesians, and maybe you can put that scripture up, but Ephesians 6, um, 10 through 20, in that whole passage, you know how it talks about how, how we're to fight the fight of faith, right? And we put on the whole armor of God and um, finally, brother, be strong in the Lord. Yep, yep, there you go. But against the wiles of the, of the enemy, we don't battle against flesh and blood. And we're in Ephesians, Ephesians 6. And we go through this whole, you know, passage. Do you know that the enemy is not on the same playing field as you? See, just because you're told you're to, you know, when you've done everything, then stand, you know. Put on the armor. We, you know, you put on the armor, you know. Um, we don't battle against flesh and blood in Corinthians, and it tells you we fight against powers and principalities, right? And in this, in this passage here, telling us to quench the fiery darts of the deck. So literally, you see a battle. You Literally, you see a fight. But I got news for you. You're not on the same playing field. Like the, it's not even. You're not equal. If any of you thought that you were fighting a spiritual power that's actually on the same playing field as you, you're wrong. You're way above. Jesus says, I've caused you to be seated in the heavenly places, according to Ephesians 2.6. You've been seated next to Christ in the right hand of the Father. You're not on the same, you're not on the same level. He wants you to think you are. So you have to do this hand of, you know, um, hand to hand combat kind of fight. You are so above the powers of darkness. He just wants you to think that you're on the same level, but you're not. You've got the spirit of the living God. You've got the power of God within you. And so when you get that mental picture, you realize my wrestling is not on an equal level. Your wrestling, because the Bible says to, you know, we wrestle not, but our wrestling is not on an equal level. He's under my feet. Stomp on him. He's under your feet. You know, how does faith come? How does faith come? By hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Our faith is being produced every time you hear the word of God. 
And we just read, or we just kind of glanced at quickly, Ephesians 6. Um, let, me, let me turn to Ephesians myself here. Okay. Ephesians 6. Let's go to down by 16. It says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We're going to stop right there. Go back to 16. Above all, he's saying now, pay attention, most important, take the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench, means put out, means extinguish. The fiery darts, those are those, assass those uh, assaults when he comes and personally tries to assault you, right? Take the shield of faith that you would be able to quench the fiery darts and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit. What is the sword? The sword is the word. Where is the sword supposed to be? In your mouth, not in your hands. See, we have this picture, you know, in, the, in Sunday school, you will see the picture with the sword in their hand, and then we get this mental picture that, yes, like David, you know, I'm going to just fight the giant with the sword that's in my hand. But the sword is not in your hand. The sword is in your mouth. The sword is in your mouth, and the sword is the word of God, and it is in your mouth. And when you speak it, Deborah, when you speak it, Donna, when you speak the word of God, Andy, when you speak the word of God out loud, you are literally, completely defying the works of the enemy. You're destroying his works. You're destroying his works. So confessing the word is utilizing the sword of the spirit. When you confess the word, you are utilizing, you're working, you're using the, the sword of the spirit. I mean, I just think that's powerful. Wow. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So even if you don't see immediate change, you continue. You know, you continue keeping on, right? We continue keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Know that in Colossians 2.15, Jesus is actually already spoiled. It's spoiled. The powers, the principalities. He's actually spoiled. He's actually dethroned. Satan. He has actually disempowered the enemy. Colossians 2.15. You can even put that one up. Hallelujah. Right after Philippians, go to Colossians. 2.15. Having disarmed, that's what the New King James says. But in another version, it says spoiled. Having spoiled. Say it's spoiled. Would you eat anything spoiled? It's rotten. It's going to make you sick. Having disarmed or having spoiled principalities and powers, he's caused them to already be rotten. It's rotted. It's spoiled. It's not good. It says he already disarmed or spoiled principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. And how did he triumph? The cross. He made a public shame because of the cross. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. And one last scripture. And we're going to turn to Revelations 22. Let's go to Revelations 22 and in verse 12. Hallelujah. 
And this is what Jesus says. And I, I want to say this too because, you know, there's, there's so many things, even what's happening right now in the world. And I want you guys to just not, uh, first of all, if you're watching the news too much, I don't really watch the news, but the Lord always gives to me what I need to hear. What I, need to hear. I, I hear, it's not like I don't know what's going on. But if you're watching the news a lot, turn it off. Turn it off. Don't you guys know the fake news? Don't you guys know? They, want, they tell you what they want you to know. There are places and resources, resources where you can get truth. And so, but watching the regular news, you're listening, you're filling your mind with garbage and with lies. But at the same time, we do know that the play, you know, we want to be praying. We want to be, we want to be praying for, you know, the Ukraine and what's going on over there. And, and not just there, but, you know, the things that you've heard of in Canada, I'm sure you hear just as well as I do. But at the same time, we have to know one thing. Jesus has not moved. He hasn't shifted. He doesn't, he's still on the throne. Guys, we went through COVID. And, you know, whoops back this okay so we went we went through COVID and never in the history of a church has that ever ever you know happened before where churches were mandated to shut down and and not gather and everything and you know a lot of a lot of churches did we know that and they didn't know what to do a lot of the pastors and they did the best they could I'm sure but the thing is this we went through that listening to the spirit of the living God and we didn't follow man we followed God we followed Christ we followed the spirit of the living God we did what he told us to do and did he not protect us did he not take care of us come on when the Bible says you're gonna trample on snakes and scorpions he means it the Word of God means it is true it is true the only people that really really get way are the people that don't know their full authority there's a doubt an element of doubt fear and for some of you you might you might be going I've got some fear though well then hang on and get close to someone that doesn't right on their faith for a while it does work like that you get in a room full of people with fear and you stay there too long and you start feeling their junk and you start being, mm, you start binding, taking authority, but there's like a room full of people and they're not listening to a word you say. It's probably good if you just get out then because they're not listening to you anyway, right? Yes, you can take authority, yes, and, but if they're refusing, you can't come against their will, right? It's probably best for you to get out. What I'm saying is, is that you can feel the fear when you're in a room filled with people that have fear. But the same is true with the opposite spirit. When people are filled with faith, you can feel that too. And you can actually ride on, you can actually be filled with, you can actually take advantage of, if you will, somebody else's faith. God will allow it because he's saying, you're partnering with the right spirit. You're partnering with the right, instead of the wrong spirit, you're partnering with the right spirit. So why do I say this? I say this because we went through COVID, right? And God was faithful, as he always is. He's always going to be faithful. But he showed himself strong. He showed himself strong to us. You know, God was so faithful that we continued to meet. And, you know, we didn't, nobody, nobody, got, nobody died. Nobody, we didn't have, wow, all these reports of people that are dying. And, you know, and, and I mean, my heart goes out to people that have lost somebody. But I'll tell you right now, the minute you start smelling a rat, you better take authority over that spirit. It is like that. The minute that you get a negative report, you better take authority over that. Don't wait until it becomes so layered with one issue after another issue after another issue. Don't wait until they've built a fortress. Don't wait. Why do you wait? Makes no sense. When you realize what's happening, you're allowing the enemy to literally build a fortress against you. Why would you wait? So you take authority right away and you show up and you do what God's told you to do, right? So that was my stance. 
all throughout COVID. We're going to show up because God told us to. We're going to show up and we're going to stand and we're not going to shrink back in fear. And God honored that. The same is true here now. What's going on in the world right here, right now, with all the threats and wars, we will pray. We continue to pray. We've been praying. We're going to continue to pray. If you join us on the live services that I have Monday through Friday, we pray. We're praying for the people of Ukraine. We're praying. Why? Because it's really happening, and we really need to be praying for these people. But at the same time, I don't want you to shrink back, and this is what I don't want you to do. Hey, did you see what's going on? I think it's going to come here next. Hey, did you, hey, I, this is a sign of what's going to come here. No, but I hear people saying this. Well, it's a sign of what's going to come here. You, Partnering with the wrong spirit. I don't think so. I get up and do something about it. Of course, that's the enemy's intent. That is the enemy's intent. But he only has authority in the areas you give it. Give it. I think it's good to call him an it. It. He only has authority in the area you give it. Let's look at Revelation 22. And what did I say? 22:12. This is what Jesus says, and he's testifying this to the churches, so that means everyone. He says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. He's going to give to everyone according to his work. His reward, his reward. Say, his reward is coming. Behold, his reward is coming quickly. His reward is coming quickly. He says, I am the Alpha and I am the Omega. I am the beginning and I am the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments. Church of God, do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and they may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Don't love the lie. Don't believe the lie. Don't practice the lie. Verse 17, and the spirit and the bride say, come. We're the bride. Say, come, Jesus. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts say, come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Mm -hmm.